can teach us if we're willing to listen and act. God can teach us through history if we're willing to listen and act in the present, thus producing an eternal destiny now and in the future. God can teach us through history. Our scripture passage this morning is from Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Now at the same occasion, there were some those some present who reported to him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus said to them, Do you suppose that the Galileans were greater than, than sinners than, than all the other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or do you suppose that the eighteen on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he began telling the parable, A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit in it, and it did not find any. And he said, to the vine keeper, behold, for three years I have come, I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down. The passage was from Luke 13, verses 1 through 9. And that's our, that's our passage today. And Jesus is going to be talking about, uh, he's going to teach us lessons from history and from current events. He's going to call us to make eternal decisions, and he's going to call us to respond to his mercy now. So Jesus, as we, as we talked about last week, Jesus was talking to the crowd. This was a, a group of individuals. This is a group um, that he was ministering to, and he was talking about his coming and his soon coming return. But he was talking about people getting ready, getting prepared for what he was going to do, what he was going, to, that he was going to be coming back, and that people needed to be prepared. And it was sometimes a challenging and sometimes difficult message to hear for people. But Jesus, as God, and as God has always said, in his word, he always wanted his people to be prepared. Jesus always warned his people. Jesus always prepared his people. Jesus was always listening to what his people said. And today is likewise the same in the same vein. Is that he's speaking a message. And he's telling people to be prepared. And he's telling people to make a decision. And he's telling people to be ready. So let's look at our, we're going to look at three specific points today. The stories, relevant examples from history and current events. Secondly, the point of the stories, call to eternal decisions. And then thirdly, his mercy, respond now. Our first point, uh, this is going to be in Luke uh, verses 1 through 5. And we're going to be looking at the stories. Now it says here, in the first, in, in Luke chapter 13, and verse, in verse 1 and 2, he talks about an event from history, a current, well, recent history for them, a current event. And where Pontius Pilate, we know Pontius Pilate from the history, Pontius Pilate was a very 
uh, wicked, he was very evil, uh, maniacal, very dangerous man. And what he had done was, apparently in this event, he had killed some Galileans while they were at the temple. He, he had killed them, he had ex had them executed for some reason. We're not sure why, what the reason was, but he had them executed. And Jesus was made aware of this um, from the people, and I'm sure Jesus knew about this prior to this, um, him being told this by the people. But here, Pilate had killed these Galilean people, and had killed these uh, when, while they were offering their sacrifices. And it was a horrible, despicable event. Now, let's back up. The thinking in that time among Jewish people and their culture was that if you did something bad was going to happen to you if you did bad things. In other words, if you were a sinner, you're gonna something bad is going to happen to you. So the current thinking among among the Jewish people and the culture and the, in biblical history was is that bad things happen to sinners. And so this happened to them because they were sinners and because uh, the result happened. Hex, um, Pilate executed them because they were known sinners and, and they were going to, um, this was God's judgment on them. How often have we thought about that? Is that I was raised in a church where that was that kind of thinking. That God would zap you as soon as you stepped out of line, right? It's, that, that was the kind of thinking. You were living in that constant fear that if you did something wrong, that you would get, you know, zapped or you would get, and the point was that you got what you deserved. And so a lot of people thought that. And Jesus is going to counter that notion. Yes, there's consequences to our, our sin. But, and everyone's, and everyone's a sinner. But what Jesus was saying here, the people were thinking that what happened to these people was a result because they were sinners. And Jesus is going to counter that argument. And he says right here, and he says, But I tell you no, but unless you repent, well, it, it, look at verse 2, it says, Do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this fate? In other words, were they worse sinners because they suffered this fate? Because this, because this execution came on them were they worse sinners than anyone else? And what Jesus says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Unless you repent. What does repent mean? If you think in your heart, we hear this word in, in biblical terms. This is a, a, a Bible word. But repent means to, the idea means turning away from something. Making uh, a turn around, making a, an opposite turn going the opposite way. In other words, you're making a decision, you're making a choice to turn away from whatever you're doing and turning back towards God. In other words, asking His forgiveness, seeking His mercy, and having a change of heart. That's what true repentance is. You have a change of heart. You have a change of mind. You're genuinely sorry for what you have done and that you want, and you make that about face and you go the opposite way back towards God. 
That's what true repentance is. You're not sorry because you got caught. You're genuinely sorry because of what you've done. And that sorrow is a genuine sorrow uh, that comes from God. And that's a decision that we make. And what Jesus was saying here, his whole point was, it says, he's coming back soon and there's a judgment coming. And he wants people to be prepared for when he returns. He wants people to genuinely repent. He says, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. In other words, you'll perish just like them. So it wasn't the point that they were sinners, but he says, he, made it, he used this example as an example to show you that we, need, we could suffer the same fate anyway. Not because we're sinners, but because if we don't repent, we're not going to know God, and we're not going to know His forgiveness, and we're not going to know salvation through Him. So the idea here of this whole story is, is that He wants His people to repent. He wants his people to turn around, to genuinely think about their decisions that they make. So here he uses a current story from history. And how often you think about it nowadays that we have, we have relevant examples um, from history. We have uh, immediate news reports. We have current events. Things that happen, we can all learn from those things. And what Jesus was doing, he was using something that was relevant, recently relevant from their history, a recently a recent event that happened, and use it to teach a spiritual truth. And, and that's what God does, because he, he often connected with people so that they could understand and receive what he was talking from the examples of their times. And so often we can learn from history. We can learn from the things that have happened so that we don't repeat it again. And so that we don't continue in that same path that we're on. If we, if we learn from, if we, if, we see, if we made mistakes in the past, and we see what we did in the past, we can learn from those things and events, and we look at and we observe what's happening in our culture and what has happened in history, we can learn from those things and we can learn to be able to turn and repent. And that's what God is doing with these stories here. That's what Jesus is doing here with us. Um, and it goes on here. It says, Do you suppose that the 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? Again, that same point was there's a story here and he's saying that you suppose that they were worse than anyone else because this tower fell on. This is actually something that had happened. This is the only recorded event that we have from history where this we know about this event. And the tower fell, and apparently people died as a result of that. And people were thinking they must have been sinners for this tower to fall on them. And what Jesus is saying, he's using that example from history to teach the people that what was going on, what was happening during their time was a, a need and a call for repentance. But let's go on here. But he's using historical events, he's using situations from history, he's using situations from their events 
to wake people up, to show them, and to make it clear um, that things are not um, things are not uh, going well, and you need to make a decision. You need to make a choice. Well, let's go on here. It says now on the same occasion there were some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Then it goes on. And he says in the last part in verse 5, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So, the point of the stories is, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. What God often requires of us is, he uses the stories not just to teach us a lesson, so oh, that was a nice story, I, 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 got, I got something from that. But as a result of that story, as a result of that, what he was trying to teach you, he's trying to call and ask us to make a decision. And what's that decision? And what's that choice? And what is he telling us to do? And that choice is make a decision to repent. In other words, make a decision, again, to turn from... Back, going back that way and turning the opposite way and turning towards God. So often when we hear stories in the Bible and then and we hear things from the Bible, we hear things from Scripture and God's teaching us from here. God, is, he, is He doing it just to make us feel good? Just make us happy? God, that's not God's point. God's whole point is, is so, so that we can make decisions if there's things going on in our lives that are not right, then we need to listen to what he's saying, we need to hear what he's saying, and then make that decision to repent. If there's things in our life that God's convicting us of, if there's things in our life that God is showing us, if there's things in our life that are not right and we need to change, and God is showing us that, then we need to make that decision, and we need to make that choice to repent and turn towards God and ask for his help. And that's so important because that's where real change happens in our lives, doesn't it? That when we make those hard decisions and those hard choices for us to do what we know is right in the eyes of God. And I know, and I, and I speak to myself and I speak to each one of us that that's what God's calling us to do. And sometimes it's hard because we don't, sometimes we get comfortable in what we're in we don't like to make those decisions to repent and make that choice, make that decision to turn and to turn away from what we were doing and to turn towards Him. Of course, He'll give us that help, but we need to make that decision and we need to make that choice. Our lastly, in our third point in verses six through nine, it says, "His mercy respond now." And so again, Jesus uses a another story a parable, so to speak, of a fig tree. And that was often one of the things that Jesus used in order to teach people. Fig trees were common in that, in that land. And fig trees were uh, part of, the, the figs were part of the, the, the diet of that, of, that, of that area. So you want, so being, so being a farmer, being a, uh, a person who lives off the land, having fruit, meant that you were going to survive. Having fruit meant, for some people, that you were going to have a, a living, because some people would sell that fruit. So, he says, 
A man had a fig tree which had planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and did not find any. So here's so if you plant something, if you have a garden, if you plant something, you and it's 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 a fruit bearing vegetable or a fruit bearing fruit um, tree or bush, you expect to get something from it, don't you? At the right time. You would think that you know, you would expect, if you're going to plant strawberries, you're going to get a crop of strawberries. You plant an apple tree, in due time, you're going to get apples. Right? You would think that. So you have that expectation that you're going to look for and get fruit from whatever you planted. Tomatoes, well, you expect to get tomatoes. Cabbage, Whatever. Potatoes, whatever. So that's an expectation. So, in this case, Jesus says, well, in the fig tree, they plant the fig tree, and it comes when the fig trees come, they're supposed to be producing fruit. You plant the fig tree, I get, and, and, and during that time, you give it about three years for it to produce fruit that's edible and fruit that you can use. So he came to the fruit tree, and what happened? He didn't find any fruit on it. So what would he do? What would you think he would do? Some people might say, well, i just cut it down. It's not a, it's not a good tree. It's not something that uh, we can use. Why, why take up the soil? Why take up, why take up the, the good soil? Why take up the sunlight? Why take up the, the nutrients from the ground that another tree maybe could, could use? How do you think God responds to that? Listen to the story. He says, um, he says, Behold, for three years I have come looking for fruit in this trick fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine, but if not, cut it down. And so what, what was God saying here? Let's give it more time. I'll put, let's, let's, put, let's dig a trench around it. Let's put some fertilizer in there. Let's do what I, I'll do what I can in order to make sure that it's, it's, it's ready and it's prepared. And that, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll bear fruit. So often, it's symbolic of God wanting people to bear fruit in their lives. He wants people to come to a place of repentance. In other words, people where, if they're in a place of repentance where they confess their sin to Christ, where they come to a place where they, they saw their sin and they, they want uh, Christ in their lives and they want Him doing things in their lives and they want to be able to produce fruit. And, and if they're not, then God wants, gives them an opportunity to do that. How many opportunities before we came to Christ did God give us? How much time did God give us? God calls us to repentance. Did we respond to the first call to repentance? Was it in a gospel service like this? Was it in someone speaking the gospel to us? Was it something that we heard on the radio or a speaker? And we responded to Christ. But how long did that take? 
Was it the first time that we responded? Second time, third time, fourth time, whatever. But what was God doing during the whole time? He was doing what? He was showing us what? Mercy. He was showing us mercy, calling us to a place of repentance. Because he knows that there's a time coming when his judgment's going to come. Either he's going to either we're going to we're going to pass away or he's going to come back. But we need to be prepared. There's a time where we need to say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry for the things I've done. Please forgive me. Please show me your mercy. Please wash me with your blood. And please cleanse me. And what does the word say? It says, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us what? From all unrighteousness. So, what God is looking for here, and as he preaches to the people and he shares with the people, is a call to repentance. In other words, preparing people to meet God. And what he was showing was, is that even though there was a time where they could have turned, he's saying, God, he's giving us a little bit more time. He's giving people a little bit more time to call to make sure that their hearts are right before him. In other words, our hearts are right in the right place. So the time is short, because none of us know our time, do we? We sure don't. And none of us knows when God is going to return, because no man knows the day nor the hour. No man. Not even Jesus, only the Father. So what do we need to do? We need to come to a place where we genuinely understand our sin. We genuinely understand how it hurts God. We need to come to a place where we genuinely understand that what we're doing and what's going on in our lives is not right. And then we need to repent. In other words, make that decision, saying, God, I'm sorry. Making a bow face and turning around and going the opposite way towards God, and saying, God, forgive me, and show me mercy. And that's what he was calling the people to do. He was calling the people to repentance. Because the time is short. Judgment is near. Judgment is coming. And if we don't repent, if we don't turn, if we don't know Christ, and we think we got more time, saying, oh, I can, oh, I can get to know God, you may not, you don't know when your time is going to come. When your time is going to come, when you're going to either pass away, or when you're going to go home, or when Jesus is going to return. And that's why we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. We need to be prepared at all times. Even as believers, we need to be prepared. We need to come to a place where our hearts are right. And God shows us something, saying, God, forgive me, and please help me get it right. Not that we can lose our salvation, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is God's always looking for a repentant heart. A heart that shows that, you know, you understand what you're doing is not right, and that you want to get things right with God. All the time. Take some time, and let's search our hearts. You know, and, and just ask God, God, just look at me. Let's even pray even right now. God, search me, and try me. See if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Let the words of my mouth, let the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Jesus, help us to get things right in our own lives, O God. God, if, we're not, if we don't know you, O God, 
Um, help us to come to a place of true repentance, O oh God. And Father, please forgive us and show us mercy. And help us to make things right. And help us to receive you as our Savior and as our Lord. Please, God, we pray. Please help us, O oh God, we pray. And Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. God, we thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you that you're going, you're going to change us and make us more like you. And that you're going to prepare us to meet you and to uh, have you in our hearts and lives. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.